You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. A better and lasting possession is the title of this devotion, which is a statement that we have here in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, where after the many amazing chapters that we have in this beautiful book, the book of Hebrews, you know, one of the things that has blessed me incredibly in my, my life is to listen and I have it on my iPhone, on YouTube, at LibriVox.com, L-I-B-R-I-V-O-X.com, LibriVox.com, and you can freely download all the book of Andrew Murray, Dio Moody, uh, Spurgeon, and so many others. And it's all in the public domain, so anybody can take it without it costing you anything. And I listen to the holiest of all, one of the many books there. I think there's over 20 of Andrew Murray's books on LibriVox.com. And the man who narrates them is such an easy, sweet voice to listen to. And he, in the holiest of all, gives 130 short chapters on the book of Hebrews, where he expounds on the book of Hebrews and the marvels of Christ's high priestly ministry in heaven that we now are blessed by in all that he gives us through the Holy Spirit to live as he lives. And and in the book of Hebrews, after he has begun to show us the life in the holiest of all, the life in the tabernacle of God that we are now called to live, that he then says to them, after you were illuminated, after you were enlightened to see what God gave you in Christ, listen closely, He says in verse 32, I recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with suffering. You see, when the revelation, illumination, enlightenment of the heart does not come from heaven, from Jesus' throne, we will always struggle when we go through hardships and then be vulnerable to allow our weak nature to enter into temptation and become sin. (laughs) And God does not want you to fall prey to sin. And he wants in your weak nature to know the sufficiency of Christ's divine nature so that you will not enter temptation into sin. And here he says, remember, remember, after you were enlightened inwardly, how you were able to endure all the challenges you went through. And then look what he says. He says, partly while you were made a spectacle of both, uh, partly while you were made a spectacle both by reproaches and tribulation, and partly while you became a companion of those who were so treated, for you had compassion on me and my chains, and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of your Father in heaven, you may receive the promise and so forth. It's a phenomenal chapter. I really love chapter 10. But he says, you accepted the plundering of your goods. 
In other words, when they confiscated everything you had, it didn't destroy your life. Why? Because where your treasure is, Jesus says, there your heart will be also. He says that here in Matthew chapter 6. Let me just quickly read that to you. Matthew 6, starting in verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth or rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, when our heart has been enlightened by the glory of the life in heaven that we have with Jesus, and our hearts are set on things above, like it says in Colossians 3, verse 1, it says, set your mind and things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God for your life is hid with Christ in the bosom of the Father. And when Christ who is your life appears, you will also appear with him. Oh, that is so beautiful to study that out, what that all means. But he says, Christ who is your life. You see, when our hearts are set on the things above, and we go through things in life where it seems everything goes, it doesn't change our life. Do you know there are many precious people whose life is in the temporal and they grasp it. I'm talking about even people that consider themselves religious, yet their life is in the temporal and they hold on to it like it is all that they have. And I understand to be grateful and appreciative for the things you have, but our life ought not to be in the temporal, but in the unseen. You see, we have Christ as an anchor of the soul gone beyond the veil into the unseen, into the life that comes from heaven. And we know that he is there for us ever living to intercede so that we may have a clear access to the Father through him. And oh, dear friends, I so plead that we live for the things above and hold lightly the things in this seen realm that are but temporary, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, over 17, do not look at the things that can be seen that are temporal, but look at the things that cannot be seen that are eternal. You know, Job is such a powerful example and a tremendous inspiration to me. I, I personally love him. I can't wait to meet him in heaven and thank him for the life that he lived as an example. But in one day, as Satan rose up against God, it's such an important thing to know about Job. You see, it was God who said, to the angelic world. Have you seen my servant Job that there's none like him on the earth, a blameless man who shuns evil? God was excited about Job on earth that he was living for his glory. And then Satan rose up from among them and said, thus Job serve God for nothing. Take away all that he has and he will curse you to his face. And God says, no, Satan. No, you don't know Job. You see, God believes in us. Satan does not. Satan, he thinks that when it comes down to you, 
will compromise your love for God for the things of this world. That is the nature of Satan. Satan thinks if I will cause harm to the natural things in this life, then you will start wavering that God loves you. You will start doubting that God's with you. But God has faith that despite that you may lose all the things of this life, your heart is anchored in him through Jesus and your faith will not fail. You see, I believe in that kind of gospel. Some people, they think if things go wrong in the natural, there must be something wrong with you. Or if one of your children passes away or your marriage breaks up, then you must have somehow failed God. You see, I don't believe that at all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all, David said in Psalm 34. No, I don't believe that at all. I never, when I see people go through hardship, think in my heart, oh, I wonder what they did wrong. Never, never would I think so. No, the opposite. I'm moved with compassion. I'm moved with, moved with sympathy. That's the heart of my Savior, not the heart of condemnation. And no, my goodness. And that heart never promotes the will of the Father for any person. No. Are you saying then that people can just do wrong and and then there's no consequences. No, I'm not saying that either. But just because people go through hardship doesn't mean they've done something wrong. No, Jesus suffered for our sakes, but he was innocent. And I believe to follow my savior, but look here at Job. (laughs) Job was given the report that all his business was destroyed. All his animals were gone and now the house where his children had gathered together to celebrate had fallen in through a strong wind and all his children had died. My goodness, what unbearable pain. All his children had died in one go. And look at Job. And Job rose, verse 20 of Job chapter 1, tore his robe, which in those days was a sign of deep grief and sorrow and shaved his head and fell to the ground and worshiped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked shall I return, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. You see, I don't understand somebody that says the Lord gave, the Lord take it away, that that is sin because here it says he did not sin. I know that our Gabriella is in heaven with the Lord, that he took her, he took her and we gave her. We gave her, you could see here in the sweet heart of our dear friend Job, that he gave it all to God. He said, the Lord gave it, the Lord's taken away, it's all his, it's all his, it's all his, it's in his hand. And you see when we have that kind of spirit of of love for God, that we could say, Father, it's all yours. It's all yours. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. All that you've given me is yours, Father. And I commit it all to you, Father. I thank you for loving me. And you hold in that kind of heart, in that kind of spirit, God is able to restore like he did for Job. And we've seen and called Job blessed who persevered and endured through faith and seeing the end intended of the Lord, that the Lord is very merciful as he restored Job. He restored all. All. He restored all and gave him double. God always restores when you keep offering it all to him. And when you keep your heart, when you keep your heart, 
when you just commit it to the Lord in heaven, when you hold your heart before Him, when you allow all the treasure that is dear to you to be there in heaven with Him. Oh, my friends, that is such a good heart to have. And you can do that with anything in this life. Anything. If you've lost a house, you've lost a car, you've lost something else, and, and maybe it was... Maybe it was a t painful disappointment. You in, in a good heart let somebody use your car. You did it us unto the Lord and they wrecked your car and destroyed it. And you just say to them, you know, I'm so sorry you went through that. That must have been so frightening for you and so disappointing, but I don't want you to feel bad about it. All that I am belongs to the Lord. God will restore. God will restore. So, you know, and you respond to it with a gracious heart. You respond to it in God, like Job did. Job did not sin or charge God with any wrong. God is able to restore and give you more than before. Come on now. And I understand, I really do through experience for myself, that that can be such a process of development of the heart. Because when our heart goes through these things, we can so sometimes struggle with resentment, with the pain of the price and feel almost a bit angry that we've gone through it. But don't ever mix your anger with pain because that produces bitterness. Mix your pain with sweet sacrifice to God. When Jesus offered himself up for us, the Bible says in Ephesians 5:2, his sacrifice was like sweet perfume to the Father. There was no resentment in Jesus' self-sacrifice. There was no anger and irritation that he had to do it for people like you and me who don't deserve it. No, he sweetly, willingly gave himself by his eternal spirit to the Father. And by that one offering of himself, he has forever set us apart unto him as his children. Hebrews 10 verse 10 says, Oh, friends, we cannot fail at this very <coughs> most important lesson in life that our treasures are with the Father in heaven. It's with the Father in heaven. If somebody says, you know, Pastor Robert, when you had to give that up, when you had to give that up, what do you think about it? You say, oh, I gave it all to God. It's with Him in heaven. My treasures are with the Father. These things that were dear to me, these things that had such a deep love in my heart, I gave it all. I gave it all. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will love Him and trust Him. Remember that song? Freely give. Friends, I want to encourage you. Don't let your heart be darkened with begrudgingness, with bitterness, with anger, with resentment. Give it all freely. What is it that you have to give? Maybe you live with somebody who gives you no affection and you're having such a hard time giving that to God. You're having such a hard time to make it a sweet sacrifice. Why not embrace that cross? Why not embrace it and say, Lord, teach me to become a generous giver of heart. Lord, I give this treasure that I so long for into your hands, into heaven. That's where my treasures are with you in heaven. Father, I give it to you because I know you love me and I trust you. And you allow the Heavenly Father to bring you into the calming rest of His presence. 
and you come totally at rest in your spirit, soul, and body, and you're totally satisfied in His sufficiency, and He keeps you and trains you how to stay stable in His sufficiency, that His love for you and His goodness is more than enough for you, and you're complete in Him, lacking nothing, wanting nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And you live in that wonderful intimacy with Him, and then you say, Oh, Father, now I see your ways, Psalm 103 talks about. Now I see your ways, Heavenly Father. Now my heart is so at rest and complete in you, Father, all is well. And what a miracle happens when you're in that place. Everything that you freely gave to God and you now have surrendered completely, He gives to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. He pours into your bosom for by the same measure you made out to Him, He meets it back to you. Oh, friends, learn this from Jesus there in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Amen? Have a good day. 